Welcome back to Couch Conversations with myself, Rani. This is the third episode of our Faith, Sex and Addiction series. Today, I'm talking to Ali Maynard from the charity Embrace, who work with sex workers. They support them emotionally, they help them in their times of needs, practical things. And we're going to find out a lot more about this charity. So let's hear from Ali. Hi, Ali. Welcome to Couch Conversations. Hi, Rani. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. (laughs) It's great to have you with me this evening. Um, For our listeners, you know, um, tell them them who you are and what your cultural background is. Okay, so um, my name's um, Ali Maynard and I um, live and work in Coventry. Um, And I work for a charity called Embrace, which I'm going to talk a little bit about in a little while. Um, My cultural background is that I'm um, white, British, and I grew up actually in the south of the country down in Devon um, in a small market town. Lovely. Uh, Yeah. By the beach? Um, Not by the beach, but not very far away, about 45 minutes away. Oh, lovely. That's brilliant. So tell us, what do you do at Embrace and how did you get involved? Yeah, so um, Embrace. So I'm the project manager for Embrace. So we're a small charity and there's a group of fabulous trustees. Um, and then there's myself as a paid employee as a project manager. And then there's um, about 20 really fabulous and wonderful volunteers. Um, and we work in commentary. And so Embrace is an um, is a charity that supports women in difficult um, situations and life circumstances, many with life controlling issues. But we have a specific focus on working with women who are involved in on street sex work or are maybe at risk of it or at risk of exploitation. Okay. And, and you know, sadly, you know, there's a lot of human trafficking and things like that. Um, are some of these women, you know, on the brink of, you know, would they have been involved in human trafficking? Would they have been trafficked before? Or, you know, what is that? How, I mean, how does how does a, how does someone, when I say get involved, I don't mean obviously out of choice, but, you know, what are the circumstances that surround people that they end up in these situations? Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting, um, a really interesting question, because there isn't just a, a one reason of mm. lead people into that kind of lifestyle. Some of the women that we work with and support, um, I believe have been trafficked and, and sometimes we don't necessarily know that at the time but we might find out afterwards or we might have okay. concerns about that um, but a lot of them a majority of them I would say of the ones we support in Coventry are probably not trafficked but have um, experienced just a lot of really difficult and challenging experiences in their lifetime so a lot will mm. have um, had really difficult upbringings and childhoods would have experienced a lot of trauma a lot of abuse and maybe domestic abuse, maybe being in families where there's been um, addiction problems. And for a lot of them, there'll be lots of those kind of difficulties that may have led into sex work for them. For a lot of them, sex work is is survival, really, in order to maybe, um, <clears throat> you know, put food on their plates. Or, yeah. um, or for some of them, they've got, um, some of them have like life-controlling issues themselves. So a lot of them have got their own kind of addictions for whatever reason. Um, and sex work is a way that that they um, that they can feed their addiction, I suppose. So they're desperate for money, desperate for cash. Yeah. So that that's the reality for some of them. Um, and their addictions for some of them were, are what li- is it like a driver into mm. um, the sex work, but it's also a coping mechanism for what they've been through. You know, they've they've resorted to um, substances and other things like that in order to help them to deal with the traumatic experiences they've had. I mean, there's, there's lots of different drivers and it's a very complicated situation. So um, there isn't yeah. one thing that has led into it, really. 
That is really difficult. And do you do you tend to see a particular age group, or is it just women? You know, from you know, I mean, what's what's the youngest that you've that you've seen? Um, the youngest that um, I mean, I've only been with Embrace since October, but um, yeah. the youngest that I think we see currently is probably early twenties. Up right. to there are still some probably in their fifties. Um, right. Yeah. So the the age range is quite wide. Probably the majority we'd see would be in their kind of twenties and thirties. But, um, yeah, there are some that are older and some that are younger. And it is really difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, like I said, there there may have been women who have been in, you know, all kinds of situations, whether it's family, whether it's, you know, violent relationships, um, you know, whether it's feeding an addiction. And and that's quite difficult. I remember um, being very young, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but, you know, a lot of people go to Amsterdam to go and see women, obviously, in windows. Yeah. Um, and when I was very young, we'd gone and I just remember I didn't want to look because I felt really uncomfortable. I was very, mm-hmm. very young. Um, then I went when I was probably about 32. So only a few years, only about five or six years ago. And my friends were like, oh, yeah, let's go down the red light district. And I just refused. And I said, no, I said, I don't want to see women in windows, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, um, you know, for some, you know, like I said, maybe they're there to feed an addiction. Maybe they're there to feed a family. They're not there to necessarily enjoy it. But it's so it's so difficult because you know we you know when we look at women from you know god's perspective you know he didn't create them to be used he created okay. women to be loved and cherished and nurtured yeah. and you know okay. and i yep. and and i think we have a role as society to not um to not be a part of it if that kind of makes sense and by that i don't mean as in not helping them but as <clears> in the sense of not not encouraging it but trying to figure out how do we help people to come out of those situations so that they can have a better lifestyle that they they can be you know emotionally healed they can have the physical help they need the spiritual help they need and with embrace then you know what's the what's the support that you provide to these women you know is it emotional support is it physical support like what how do you help yeah um so it is both of those really and and you're you're absolutely right about the um uh, yeah, about how you support them and wanting them to see themselves as loved and precious and valuable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the heart behind Embrace, really. It started um, back in um, 2008, I think, just with just with two Christian women in the um, city who were passionate and um, who just felt God lay, lay the women on their heart and just wanted them, the women to realise that they were valuable and worthy and, mm-hmm. and not, you know, they didn't need to be abused or exploited or seen as worthless. And so they just started driving around um, and um, chatting to them when they were out working and, and offering to pray for them. So that's how it began. And we're now like 13 years later and we pretty much um, do the same, actually. So we, we do other things as well. But twice a week on a um, Sunday night and a Monday night, we, um, we walk around or drive around the area and we basically meet the women where they're out working and we okay. just offer them support. So we have conversations with them. We chat to them. We give them um, food and drink. In the wintertime, we'll give them a hot drink out of the back of the car. We'll give them a sandwich. We give them hygiene products to keep themselves safe. Um, and then we offer to pray for them if they want us to pray for them, um, which loads of them do. Some don't, but loads of them will ask us to pray either with them or once they've walked on a little bit. So, um, yeah, and we, we do that twice a week. So we offer that outreach service. And then during the during the week, midweek, when so I'm at work during the week, and then we pick up any kind of, midweek floating support based on what the women might need mm-hmm. so that might mean taking um taking them to an appointment a health appointment or linking them in with some other great agencies that are out there in Coventry for them um it might mean just befriending and taking them out for coffee or for lunch 
Um, it might mean helping them to move house, taking them food bank parcels, taking them clothing. Oh, there's a whole host of things that wow. we have done and could do to support them during the week. But it, it basically, we saw, see ourselves as a charity that's there to come alongside and support them yeah. with whatever they need, but really just to provide kind of social and emotional support, really, with a yeah. bit of practical here and there, you know. Yeah, like absolutely. I think that's such a wonderful ministry you know just to be able to um help women in these situations you know is there any particular stories i know you've only been there since october and i, I just wonder you know even in the time you've been there um and through through people that are already working with embrace is there any particular stories that have stood out to you where you've seen me you know god at work and just really transforming people's lives yeah, I mean, there's there's one that I've been told about. So this was before my time with one of our past um, project um, project managers who was here for a number of years. But there was one woman she was working with who was um, particularly vulnerable, really, and not not really in a position to be able to keep herself safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was living in accommodation that was that was pretty unsafe, really, for her, with um, a lot of um, drug misuse going on, things like that. So she just started to visit her regularly, um, but she would knock on the door, and and this woman. Um, wouldn't necessarily answer wouldn't come to the door so she started praying through the letterbox and so she would go weekly and pray through the letterbox for her mm-hmm. um, and then slowly um she would come to the behind the door and have a conversation with her through the door and then they would chat and pray that pray through the door and this went on for a couple of months and then she um would open the door and they'd pray on the doorstep together um wow. and so and then sadly this lady um this woman took an overdose and ended up in hospital but during that time um, the project manager and then the volunteers basically made sure that somebody was there every day to sit with her and um, and pray with her in hospital and to try and keep her safe. And and there was lots of pressure for people that were involved in her life to try and get her back out working on the streets and, and back out. So um, Embrace worked with other agencies in the city to um, to get her support. And, and under the Mental Health Act, um, um, due to her vulnerability, they were able to, um, to move her to kind of... Um, rehabilitation like a living place in Birmingham that would have addressed her substance misuse issues kept herself but also like helped her with rehabilitation with life generally and I I think she's probably still still living in Birmingham and receiving the support that she needs now Um, yeah just a love a lovely story of our old project manager really like just sticking with her through time Um, yeah so that's that's been a really good story I mean one for me recently as well has been I started work during COVID. So we had yeah. Lost, yeah, we had lost contact with a lot of the women, or there weren't very many that we were having much contact with other than telephone contact or doorstep contact really during okay. COVID. And then when things began to open up just before Christmas, um, we were dropping food around to another woman and we um we just accidentally stumbled on one of the women we had um supported long term before who was in the same accommodation and we had lost touch with her. So that was really special to bump back into her. Mm. And then over the weeks of, of spending more time with her again, she, she started to ask us to pray with her again and asked us if, um, if we would get her um, some prayer beads and a Bible because she had lost her prayer beads and wanted a new Bible. So, um, and she loves to colour, you know, those um, like, yeah. um, mindfulness and relaxing. Yeah. So we were able to find her a, a, a special big Bible that um, that also has kind of lots of verses that have done in this kind of, it's like a colouring journal Bible. Okay. And so And it was beautiful. And she was so, um, she was so happy to be given prayer beads on this Bible. She was over the moon. She just couldn't stop giving us colours and hugs, <laughs> which was so lovely considering we hadn't been able to give anybody a hug for so long. So it was just such a blessing. 
Um, and then the next time we saw her, she'd already coloured in words about hope and she was talking about yeah. it. So that, that's been really special in, in recent months, really, to see that. That's so wonderful. I, I was just reminded as you were talking, um, I went to New Wine a few years ago and I can't remember the lady's name for the life of me, but she, um, she told a story about how she encountered God Mm. um every time she she called her a prostitute at the time and i'll ask you about that language in a minute as well yeah. um but she basically her, the, the way she spoke about it was that you know she said um there was this this woman who basically um she felt called down an alley and it was quite dark and she said i don't know why but it's really felt like i need to go down this alley and she was when i went there she said, i met this woman who, who was a prostitute and um you know basically her husband sadly was um you know lending her out um and she was being abused in that way she goes but I used to go and sit with her on her doorstep and she was every time I would sit with her she said I would just feel the presence of God and just how much love God had for this woman um and it's so powerful to see you know and remember because often when we look at you know when we read the bible we we forget that you know there's a lot of broken people in the bible yeah, yeah. you know um but god loves each and every one of us no matter what our background is no matter what we're going through he's just calling us home he wants us to come out of those situations that are harming us and hurting yeah. us to yeah. to have a life of fullness and i really love what you guys are doing just to be able to I mean, I don't know of any other Christian charities, by the way, um, uh, you know, that, that does this kind of work um, where they go and help women who are in these vulnerable situations, um, you know, because it's, it's such a it's a vi- it's a violation as well of a, of a yeah. woman's body in so many ways, you know, spiritually, mm-hmm. mentally, emotionally. And, you know, to be able to be in that situation where you are so desperate um, there's a different lens we have to put on because often we can just look at people and say, well, you know, I don't want to help them, you know, yeah. or they've got themselves into that situation, you know, they must enjoy that or whatever it might be. But actually there's such, um, there's so many deep stories behind each of these women and yeah. what they're going through. And I think just to come alongside and, you know, just show God's love that, you know, this is not um, how God wants your life to be, but let us help you in whatever way that looks like, whether it's practical help, whether it's just, you know, like I said, you know, providing the right care for them, taking them to hospital appointments or doctor's appointments. Yeah just those practical things um just really to me just shows god's love through people through through what you guys are doing and other people have been doing for you know for the last 13 years um and i just find that really really powerful that i think it's important for people to remember that god doesn't pick particular people to be close to he picks he picks everyone to be close to absolutely yeah yeah and And, so so go on ali no i I was just going to come back to um Oh, let's see if I can remember what you said, actually. Um, oh, no, carry on. I can't remember. There was something that hinted at a story, but I'll, I'll come back. Oh, do you, do, you mean the, do you mean where God met with the lady, uh, where that lady, um, whenever she felt, whenever she was with a prostitute, she felt God's presence really there? Yeah, it might have been that. I think it was more about what you were saying about um, about them needing to feel valued and and mm. and, it, and not just being seen as worthless or being used or exploited or, or violated and it it reminded me of um of uh, of just kind of the bravery and survival of the women really because i think yeah. we often um yeah i mean there's a lot of stigmatism um yes. for in in society towards kind of people who are 
you know people who are disadvantaged generally but specifically for women who who work in the sex industry and yeah. it's huge and the women would often tell you stories about that but it, and it really does um you know what they're involved with really does make a difference on how they see themselves like i mean just this season i've had so many women see, say to me you're going to ask me about the the term prostitute i've had a few mm. women say to me this this year you know they've talked about what they used to do and jobs they used to have um and college courses they've done and things like that and they talked with kind of this like looking back and this nostalgia and this wishing they were there and then they've gone and now all I am is a prostitute and a junkie and then somebody else said you know all I do now is I wake up in the morning and I think about where I'm going to get my next fix but when you spend time with the women Mm. you see brave beautiful wonderful women with their own personalities who are lovely to be alongside you know they're, su- yeah. they're survivors and they're not I mean today I visited a woman and I was overcome because it's been quite hot here and I was quite high up in a flat and I suddenly had a head rush and thought I was going to faint and she was so kind and so caring to me and she walked me all the way down the stairs to check oh. in my car you know I was there to support her and nearly, nearly, nearly on her doorstep and she was just such a blessing to me today that she walked me down. Then she was like, you must text me later to tell me you're safe and you're okay. And, you know, <gasps> these women have got, you know, they're beautiful. And they've got beautiful personalities and they're all made in the image of God, just like every one of us is. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, we, and society is so prejudiced and stigmatized towards them. And they, you know, they start to believe that about themselves. They start to yeah. believe they're worthless and and so we like to, you know, we like to tell them that actually you've got potential. You're, you know, we believe in you. Yeah. Um, you are more than you were just saying about yourself so um yeah you just you just triggered that and reminded me of it oh no that's great that's thank you for sharing that um what is it like for them in terms of safety you know I mean you yeah. know you know I assume I, I I again you know this is a language that we society uses so do correct me but you know people call them pimps um you know or they call them you know um you know I mean how do these women keep safe even i know you're supporting you know supporting them and there's other charities who support them in other ways obviously try and get them away from that kind of lifestyle for the, for the better of them but how what do they face what are the challenges they face i mean yeah absolutely they can be so when we're out on outreach on some nights we can have a, a calm evening where the women you know the women we come across will seem settled and seem okay they like i'm just just getting my work and just doing my business and I'm going home mm. we'll come across other times where we'll we'll lift a woman off a bench or see her j- jump literally jumping out of the car and um with an allegation that she's been attacked or that it's been a, a dodgy punter or somebody who hasn't paid her or, um, yes. and it 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 varies from one woman to to the next it varies from one night to the night but obviously they I mean they they do all they can probably to keep themselves safe and they've learned to probably some of the things to look out for but you know it it is a risk to them Um, and they are out there and even however used to it they are or however however long they've been there you know it it is a risk every night and there 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 is a danger to them Um, and um, yeah I mean that's what that's what they face I guess they just don't know what their what one customer to the next is is going to be like I mean obviously some of them are in tricky dynamics in in relationships or friendships or associations as well in within the kind of network yeah. and some of them will will be um substance users not all of them but some of them and that and that also can bring sometimes d- difficult relationships for them as well and tricky tricky yeah. so it's not necessarily just the um just the kind of punters so to speak sometimes yeah. it's it's the associ- associations and the networks that they find themselves in that that yeah. change very quickly and 
can sometimes put them in difficult situations as well. Um, so yeah, I you know it's a difficult place for them to be. It um, is absolutely. What you know, what advice would you give to you know anyone listening to this podcast? You know, how can how can we help? How do we support Embrace? How do we support the work that you're doing? You know, um, is there a website? Can we donate? You know, uh, what yeah. can we donate? How do we how do we help? Yeah, you can do all of these things. So there, is, <laughs> there is a website. It's www.embrace.org.uk um, and you can donate and give as well. We are um, we are a small charity, so we are basically supported by kind of churches in the city and individuals in the city and fundraising and the, the occasional kind of grant that we get each year from um certain charities or other council organizations that kind of thing um so yeah so please donate if you'd like to please check us out on um on the web page but probably the most important thing that you can do is to pray for us and to pray for the women really yeah um, absolutely yeah that, that would be really valuable we'd love that you know pray for safety for the women pray for that we we and the other amazing agencies an agency called turnaround um, one called kairos um the work basically linked to the local authority um, and then there's the Hope Centre up in Hillfields. They have a, an outreach service called um, Cherished Hearts. They do a great job too. And we all link and work together. Um, so really, yeah, just praying that we're able to support the best way we can, um, that we can come alongside the women, that we can offer hope and that they can begin to see Jesus and be transformed by Jesus, really. Um, yeah, oh, absolutely. Just that network as well is so important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, and all the other, other charities you've mentioned, just... You know the wonderful work that Embrace is doing is just is is, is wonderful. And so it's so nice to be able to talk about it because I think often we don't talk about this stuff in church. We're not very good at, um, you know, we we touch on the kind of the everyday stories of spiritual growth, but how do we um, go and impact you know some of these some of these um, uh, places and people mm-hmm. that they would that they would recognize and know that they are loved by God and you know, it's important that we have these discussions. And, and that's why I wanted to do this whole faith, sex and addiction series, because it's really talking about it from a faith perspective and saying, this is where God is at work. This is how we can support those. And it's not that people don't want to, because, you know, lots of people have got different things going on, but it's really important to highlight, you know, the transformation that God does in people's lives. And sometimes it's just, like I said, just showing God's love. That's, that's what being a Christian is. It's, it's showing people love, you know, God's love and what he's, what he wants for them and I think that's such a powerful testimony in itself so you know thank you for you so is there anything else Ali that you want to share before we before we finish uh no I don't think so but thank you for letting me come on and share what we do and that's I mean that's been really helpful and great no thank you for coming on and sharing stories (laughs) you're welcome it's been yeah thank you so much Ali well I look forward to catching up with you properly hopefully I can meet you soon I have been to your church before so I'm sure at some point I will see you (laughs) yeah okay well it'd be nice to meet you yeah yeah absolutely Ali thank you so much for your time ah you're welcome take care you too Ali bye thanks bye-bye bye what an amazing charity embrace thank you so much to Ali for sharing those things with us I think it's important um to really understand you know the eye-opening conversations that I'm having this is just one charity but there are other ones who are dealing with human trafficking pornography sex addiction and the world's message to us is sex sells and it has been for many many years but really that needs to be taken account of because it's not sex that sells it should be love and love doesn't sell love is just 
what we do as human beings. I think it's being more aware of our surroundings. Often, you know, all of us can look down on society, um, regardless of our faith or our class or our circumstances. Um, and really, it's about loving our neighbour. And our neighbour may be someone who's a sex worker. Our neighbour may be someone who is in a domestically violent relationship. It may be someone that's a drug addict. It may be someone that just really needs to be helped and loved. And whilst I'm not saying that we should be um, encouraging this behaviour, because absolutely we shouldn't be, we should be helping people. We should be looking out for these signs. We should be looking out for young people being human trafficked. We should be looking out for people that are potentially um, you know, in vulnerable situations. Because it's not just a responsibility of a particular charity or particular group, but it's a responsibility of humankind to look out for one another. And whilst we are you know, passionate about different things that are happening around us, it's just being aware of those around us because often we think well, if I get involved with that it's going to look bad on me and often we put our reputation before us rather than putting people before us and I think there is a real responsibility on those who uh, a go and use the services you know if you're someone who goes and uses um, you know a service for a sex worker you have issues in, in healing and things that, things that need to happen in your life because you need to figure out why, what is the reason, you know, and much of it comes down to a lot of people just being completely unloved. You know, they don't feel loved, they don't feel accepted by society, they feel like they're an outcast. And really, we should be helping people, you know, sex working shouldn't be normalised. <laughs> It shouldn't be something that we accept as society. It's something that we should be helping people come out of. And you heard Ali's um, talk there just about, you know, some of them have been in abusive relationships, they're in addiction, they're, they don't want to be in these situations, but they are forced into these situations because of their circumstances. And circumstances is something that all of us can help change in society. Um, it's not just about our daily survival or how we as individuals survive but how do we help one another to become a better society to become a better place that everybody can live freely so I just leave some food for thought with you you know what can you look out for in your communities in your areas in your friendship groups what are some of the things that people are struggling with that you could help with and whilst I'm not asking you to be anyone's savior because none of us are what I'm asking you to do is think outside of our own lives and just our family and friends. Where can we go and make a difference? Where can we go and serve? Where can we go and help other people really make a difference in people's lives? So that's it for this week. I look forward to the next episode as well, um, where I talk to Paula Hall about pornography and sex addiction, which I think is going to get a lot of people's attention because it's something that I think a lot of society struggles with but doesn't want to admit. So look out for that episode in a couple of weeks time. Until then, take care and God bless.